New York City, 1995. A red Lincoln Navigator rolls up to the curb on West 8th Street in the village. The street is lined with dozens of boutiques, especially shoe stores, selling footwear you'd never find at most department stores. In the driver's seat is fashion stylist Misa Hilton. She's hard to miss. I've always like had a look that stood out. So I might be there, I might have on a fur and my jewelry and my hair bleached blonde. And the stores knew me so well that they would come out and meet me in the street and they would bring everything and show me everything that was new. How would they know that you were outside or how would they know what to Everyone bring you? Everyone knew when Misa Hilton pulled up on 8th Street. When I think back, I'm like, wow, I wish I had like footage of that because it was so extra. <laughs> You can't talk about hip-hop fashion without talking about Misa. I've worked with Jodeci, Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans, Total, Montel Jordan, Drew Hill, Foxy Brown, Little Kim, Queen Latifah, Boys to Men. Over the past three decades, she styled an incredible roster of musicians. Beyonce, Jay-Z, Q-Tip, Salt and Pepper. She's created iconic looks for their music videos, their album covers, and their red carpet appearances. All the girl groups of the 90s. I know I'm probably forgetting at least 10 more, but... (laughs) (laughs) Even if you've never heard Misa's name before, you've definitely seen her work. Mary J. Blige's Jackie O-inspired outfit in the video for Knock and Cry. Missy Elliott's disco ball tracksuit in her Where They From video. It was like, almost like broken glass, kind of. And it was a very dangerous outfit, but it was a fly outfit. Or the legendary jumpsuit. The one Lil' Kim wore to the 1999 MTV Video Music Awards. The lavender, very risque, one breast out with a pacey jumper. (laughs) That's the look. Misa calls her aesthetic street fashion mixed with luxury fashion, like off-the-rack tops with designer trench coats. We see versions of this all around us today. But back in the 90s, that look didn't exist. Until Misa. This is Dress Codes. Stories of independence and style. A show from New Balance and Gimlet Creative. I'm Emily Spivak. In this series, I talk with people who influence culture in exciting and unexpected ways. People with distinct styles talking about the clothes that mark key moments in their lives. Each item is a chapter of their story. Today, Misa Hilton. Misa started working as a stylist when she was only 17. At the time, she was dating P. Diddy, and he was working as a talent scout for Uptown Records. Her first major gig was styling one of his artists, R&B group Jodeci. The label wanted to put them in what other men in R&B were wearing at that time, suits and dress shoes. But Misa pushed back. She gave them a fresh look, combat boots, baseball caps, and hoodies. And their career took off. By the early 90s, hip-hop was becoming more mainstream. But high-end designers didn't take the music seriously yet. And they didn't take Misa seriously either. Convincing brands to lend her artists clothing was an uphill battle. 
They just didn't see a value in working with us. We were unknown. They didn't know the artist. They didn't know the music. They didn't know me. So Misa improvised. It pushed me to create my own wardrobe and to get into custom design. And so I would make exactly what I wanted. And I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, I may have wanted these pieces from Gucci and I can't get in there, but what I created is actually doper. Misa's first item is the pair of black combat boots she bought on 8th Street when she was in high school. 8th Street used to be the bomb. So many dope people hung out there. You had the ballroom scene kids. You had the club kids. You had the goth kids. And then you had the hip-hop kids, which were me and Puffy walking up the street. And so I was on 8th Street one day, and I saw these combat boots, and I thought they were so fly. And I loved the detail. There was a stitching across the toe. They were really hard. There was a steel toe in there. And that gave me, like, this edge I wanted to feel. And so I would pair it with a tennis skirt and maybe a baseball jersey or a hockey jersey, some big hoop earrings, and a baseball cap. Even if you want to hate on it, you can't because it looks so funky. Like, I wouldn't have did it like that. Being so young and being in this business that was moving very quickly and having these opportunities to do jobs that I think older people usually did. You know, I, I didn't know any fashion stylists. And so I think wearing the combat boots made me feel grounded. It made me feel in control and it made me feel empowered in a lot of ways to get the job done. After her success with Jodeci, Misa started working with a new artist on Uptown Records' roster, a young R&B singer from Yonkers named Mary J. Blige. Mary had a sound of her own where she was singing R&B over hip-hop tracks. So she needed her style to stand out, too. Back then, other singers were getting really dressed up to perform. But that wasn't Mary. Misa dressed Mary in a look that she herself had been cultivating. Oversized jerseys, tennis skirts, combat boots, and big gold hoops. Misa's second item is the pair of gold hoop earrings she put on Mary for her 1996 music video, Knock and Cry. Mary J. Blige is singing about she's not going to cry. She's been through all this BS with her man, and she's basically over it. Mary had this really beautiful, fluffy Mongolian uh, Fendi fur with big rings in it. It was like straight off the runway. And her gold twisty hoop earrings. It looked amazing. It spoke to our audience. It spoke to youth culture. We just thought it was fresh. Looking back, there was a time it wasn't so easy. You had to really stand up for yourself. There was a management team that was looking to come on board to manage Mary J. Blige. And they were on set. They wanted her to take the earrings off. 
And so they came over to me and they were like, you know, um, it's kind of distracting. Do you think she can take the earrings off? And I'm just like saying to myself, oh, you're not going to kill my look today. Like, what? No. Like, that's, 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 like, that's what we're giving right now. Like, that's, this is the moment. Like, to be able to show a style that represents where we come from and hip-hop and who she is and what we wear every day. I wanted it to be authentic. Every young girl looked at that video, especially in the African-American community, and they connected with it and with her, with the song. It was a moment, and it was a moment we were proud of because we had that Fendi coat that was straight off the runway. Why did we have to change anything else about ourselves? It was like it was just so real, and it was so fashion-forward. And now today, everyone wears hoop earrings all the time whenever they want. In a video, at work, at church, wherever you want to go, you can wear hoop earrings. No one has to take them off. Knock and Cry was a huge hit for Mary. It put Misa on the map, too. At this point, established designers couldn't afford to ignore hip-hop. Or Misa. By the time I got to style Little Kim, I could go to any showroom I wanted to. Misa's third item is the purple sequin jumpsuit and matching pasty she designed for Lil' Kim in 1999. It starts with me hanging out at Missy Elliott's house, and we're talking fashion, we're talking music. And she said, you know, Kim is so fly, she could do anything. If I was Kim, I would just say, fuck it, and I would just have one titty out. So I sort of like just said, hmm, mental note, put it in the back of my head and saved it for a rainy day. I was like, wow, that's an idea. I'd like to explore that a little more. And so the next big event that we had after that conversation was the MTV Music Awards. I went fabric shopping. I found this really beautiful lavender, ornate Indian bridal fabric, and I chose that to create the look. So on our way over, we felt really great about the look, right? We were like, oh, I was like, oh my God, Kim, you look amazing. Like, you look beautiful. You look badass. Like, this lavender's popping. And when we stepped out of the limo, it was just mania. All I could hear was everyone screaming her name. So it was like, Kim, look here. Kim, look here. Kim, I love you. People were crying. People were pressed up against the the barricade. The highlight of that night was when Mary J. Blige, Little Kim, and Diana Ross were all on the stage presenting. And Diana Ross looks at her and says, girl, and she like fondles her breasts. And the crowd went nuts. I was sweating bullets, like, oh, my God, Pacey, don't fall off. Oh, my God, Pacey, Diana Russ, don't do that again. (laughs) Because the pasty was glued on with eyelash glue, believe it or not. So that's like, you know, we didn't know. We didn't expect anybody to touch it. But I'm aware that there are many people that thought that it wasn't empowering. It wasn't part of my social circles. We thought it was hot. I feel like it is empowering because as women, we get to show up how we want to. And I thought that then, and I think that today. 
We were paving a new lane for the female rapper. Up until Little Kim, most female rappers dressed in baggy clothes and they sort of had this like tomboy look and rightfully so because they had to go toe to toe with the guys. And looking back, Kim paved the way for the female rappers of today who do it so effortlessly, who are sexy when they want to be and tomboyish when they want to be, but they have a choice. Misa's fourth and final item is a leather bustier and coat she designed for Beyonce. It's a collaboration with the brand MCM, whose logo-driven aesthetic has been part of hip-hop culture since the 80s. Last year, Misa designed a trench coat with MCM for Big Daddy Kane. He posted it on Facebook, Beyonce's people saw it, and she wanted that look. When Beyonce's stylist calls, you don't ask questions. She's like, Misa, I need a full MCM look, and I need it in three days, and I need it shipped to Paris. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I'm thinking, and I'm, you know, listening to Beyonce, thinking about her, and I was like, a bustier. I'm going to make an MCM bustier with a panty and put the jacket that they wanted over it and do a cap and do, like, custom door knocker earrings. And I got it done. And we packaged up everything so beautifully, said a prayer, and sent it off to Paris. And I still don't know what it's for. Until I was sitting in my chair on Saturday, sitting under my dryer, and I'm on Instagram. Can you picture that? I scroll, and I see Beyonce dancing in this outfit. And I'm like, ah, what? Beyonce was dancing in front of a giant sphinx sculpture in the Louvre. It was an image from the apeshit music video from Beyonce and Jay-Z's Everything Is Love album. They'd rented out the museum for the shoot. And there, amidst the Mona Lisa, the Venus de Milo, all the other famous works of art, was Misa's design. Side note, Misa also made Beyonce a pair of matching roller skates. But they didn't make it into the video because even Beyonce isn't allowed to roller skate in the Louvre. Misa has dressed so many big names, but she's also proud of how she's influenced everyday style. She sees it everywhere, like the other day when she was in Queens. I saw a young lady walking down the street, and she must have been high school age. She had um, yellow hair and a matching yellow jacket, and she was so young, but she stood out. She was so stylish. Color coordinating your hair and your outfit? That's one of Misa's signature styles. She introduced it in Lil' Kim's Crush on You music video. And I just admired her from afar, and I was like, wow, it's 20-something years later, and that aesthetic is still, like, making noise, and it's still as powerful and as interesting as it was that first day the Crush On You video came out. Misa's imprint on culture is here to stay. We created something new, a new style, almost, you know? Maybe we'll be in the fashion um, dictionary one day. (laughs) You know, you have classic style, (laughs) you have um, rock style, and then you have Misa and Kim style, a hip-hop style with high fashion.
That was stylist and designer Misa Hilton. When we spoke, she was wearing a black and white striped blazer, leather joggers, hoop earrings, and layered gold necklaces. My nails are pearly white, coffin shape, because it all matters. What are the items of clothing that made you? Use the hashtag MyDressCode and let us know. Here's one of mine. The dress I wore to the launch party for my first book, Worn Stories. I've had it since high school and rediscovered it multiple times. It's a black sleeveless dress that's the shape of a big tent, and it goes down to my ankles. In a couple of places, it's striped with sheer black panels, like one panel exposes my upper thigh. Being covered up has kind of been my aesthetic since high school. I've never been completely on board with traditional ideas of sexiness in the clothes I wear. But this dress is the teeniest, tiniest foray into that realm. On the next episode of Dress Codes, stories of clothing as armor, like this, from gold medal track star Emma Coburn. The uniform is truly the only thing that is special to the race and sacred for the race. So it feels like when I put that on, it must mean that I'm ready to go. Dress Codes is a production of Gimlet Creative and New Balance. Our website is gimletcreative.com slash dresscodes. Subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're produced by Emily Foreman, James T. Green, and Carrie Ann Thomas. Abby Ruzica is our senior producer. Sarah Geis is our editor. Music and mixing by Marcus Bagala. Thanks to Mary J. Blige for use of Not Gonna Cry. I'm Emily Spivak, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mspivak. That's E-M-S-P-I-V-A-C-K. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.